No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thanks for downloading and listening. My name is Frank Salvato, and you're listening to Underground USA. Before we get into this segment of the Captain's America Third Watch with Matt Bruce, I wanted to share with you a clip from the late Antonin Scalia, in which he talks about the benefits of gridlock at the federal government level. I've said this a few times, I'd rather them not do anything than to keep doing what they're doing. They are spendthrift, and they are spendthrift towards special interests. They no longer are good stewards of our tax monies, and we must slow their spending down. We also must slow down their want to create legislation. We don't need them to constantly be creating legislation. We need them to craft good legislation, which takes time, compromise, and a vast knowledge of the subject that they're talking about. That doesn't happen today. So right now, please listen to these words by Antonin Scalia. If you think that a Bill of Rights is what sets us apart, you're crazy. Every banana republic in the world has a Bill of Rights. Every president for life has a Bill of Rights. (laughs) The Bill of Rights of the, of the former evil empire, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, was much better than ours. I mean it literally. It was much better. We guarantee freedom of speech and of the press. Big deal. They guaranteed freedom of speech, of the press, of street demonstrations and protests. And anyone who is, who is caught trying to suppress criticism of the government will be called to account. Whoa, that, that is wonderful stuff. Of course. Just words on paper. What, what our framers would have called a parchment guarantee. And the reason is that the real constitution of the Soviet Union, you think of the word constitution, it doesn't mean a bill, it means structure. Say a person has a sound constitution, has a sound structure. The real constitution of the Soviet Union, which is what our framers debated that, that, that whole summer in Philadelphia in 1787. They didn't talk about the Bill of Rights. That was an afterthought, wasn't it? That constitution of the Soviet Union did not prevent the centralization of power in one person or in one party. And when that happens, the game is over. The Bill of Rights is just what our framers would call a parchment guarantee. So the the real key to uh, the distinctiveness of America is the structure of our government. One part of it, of course, is the independence of the judiciary. But there's, there's, there's a lot more. There are very few countries in the world, for example, that, that have a bicameral legislature. Oh, England has a House of Lords for the time being, but the House of Lords has no substantial power. They can just make the Commons pass a bill a second time. France has a Senate. It's honorific. Italy has a Senate. It's honorific. Very few countries have two separate bodies in the legislature equally powerful. That's a lot of trouble, as you gentlemen doubtless know, to get the same language through two different bodies elected in a different fashion. Very few countries in the world have a, a separately elected uh, chief executive. 
Sometimes I go to Europe to talk about separation of powers. A and when I get there, I find that all I'm talking about is independence of the judiciary. Because the Europeans don't even try to divide the, the two political powers, the two political branches, the legislature and the chief executive. In all of the parliamentary countries, the chief executive is the creature of the legislature. There's never any disagreement between them and, the, and, and the, the prime minister, as there is sometimes between you and the president. When, when there's a disagreement, they just kick him out. They have a no-confidence vote, a new election, and they get a prime minister who agrees with the legislature. And, uh, you know, the, the Europeans look at this system and they say, well, it passes one house, it doesn't pass the other house, sometimes the other house is in the control of a different party, it passes both, and then this president who has a veto power vetoes it, and they look at this and they say, uh, it, is, it is gridlock. And, and I, I hear Americans saying this nowadays, and there's a lot of it going around. They, they talk about a dysfunctional government be, be, because there's disagreement. And, 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 they, and the framers would have said, yes, that's exactly the way we set it up. We, we wanted this to be power, uh, contradicting power, because the main, uh, the main ill that beset us, as, as Hamilton said in, in The Federalist, when he talked about a separate Senate. He said, yes, it seems inconvenient, but inasmuch as the main ill that besets us is an excess of legislation, it won't be so bad. This is 1787. He didn't know what an excess of legislation was. <laughs> so uh, uh, unless Americans can appreciate that and learn, learn to love the separation of powers, which means learning to love the gridlock, which the framers believed would be the main protection of minorities, the main protection. If, if a bill is about to pass that really comes down hard on some minority, they think it's terribly unfair, it doesn't take much to throw a monkey wrench into, into, this, into this complex system. So Americans should, uh, should appreciate that, and, and they should learn to love the gridlock. Uh, it's, it's there for a reason, so that the legislation that gets out will, will be good legislation. Uh, and thus conclude uh, my opening remarks. Wise words from someone gone way too soon and someone who is so good for our country. So keep that in mind next time you hear someone from Washington in front of the microphone saying, we must pass this legislation. We have to get this done before the break. We must get this done before we have recess. No, we don't. Right now, this morning's segment on the Captain's America Third Watch with Matt Bruce. Joining us right now, first up on the dial here, because he's the first one on the phone, that's this, uh, Kyle Warren, a professor of politics, is with us again. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Captain. Yep. Good morning, everybody. Yep. And now, now we're going to jump over here, because up there in the Northland, the North Country, where it never stopped raining for a while, We've got Frank Silvato from UndergroundUSA.com. Good morning, Frank. Mr. Casper. They like you. They're applauding. Yay. Well, you know, it's 80 degrees with clear skies here tonight, so that might have something to do with it. Well, we've got uh, we've got severe thunderstorm warnings moving through with a fast-moving front, and it seems to be a, a daily thing this, yeah. <laughs> this, this summer. So, uh, you know, if you're up there and, and you're listening in the panhandle, I'm glad you're still able to get us. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's a lot of generators have been sold up there, too. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on, and I want to get to Frank because I want to get his take on Russia right away because I don't know what's going on. And with this deal with this guy going to Belarus, that's where he was at to begin with. He's moved everything out of Ukraine, and all his forces and everybody, uh, to my knowledge, are, are in Belarus right now. Yeah, that's the Wagner Group. And, uh, you know, you got to keep in mind that any information coming out of that theater needs to be double, triple, and quadruple checked if it can be checked at all, because there's a a fantastic amount of PSYOP coming out of there on both sides. So, you know, everything has to be taken uh, with a skeptical eye. But the Wagner Group, we're having some issues with the Russian generals, uh, the leader there calling them a bunch of a-holes, and that they were lying to Putin, and they started moving on Moscow. Turning from the field of battle in Ukraine and moving towards Russia, I think more toward more to make a statement against the generals than Putin in general. But the president of Belarus, who is a buddy of his, uh, talked about that. And now all of these forces, these mer- this mer- mercenary group, Wagner, is, is now in Belarus. And keep in mind that these are some of the most the fiercest fighters that the that the Russians had fighting for them. They were Chechens. You know, they don't. Uh, they're some very bad, bad actors. So if they're moving from the front in Ukraine to off stage in that conflict, you have to ask yourself why. Were they unwilling to continue the fight because of the losses that the Russian troops were taking? Did they see that Putin wasn't going to win? Or is it completely the opposite? Is Russia getting ready to mop up and they didn't want their elite forces getting whacked over there? So whichever way this falls, we should keep a cautious eye because it's going to give us an idea of either Putin's strength in this on the on the ground or his massive weakness, like Ukrainian President Zelensky is talking about. But because the information coming out of that sphere has to be suspect on both sides, we have to wait and see. Hmm. Well, it's certainly a mess. And uh, what started all of this also was a bombing of some 2,000 uh, of these troops uh, by the Russian Air Force. Yeah, and we don't know whether or not that was a massive mistake or whether Putin had gotten information that the, that the Wagner group was unhappy with the generals, and whether or not it was actually ordered by Putin or not. We, we've got a, a leader of the Soviet military who does not get along with the leader of the Wagner group at all. They don't like each other. So from what position did this happen? Ineptitude, or was it tactical? All right, hold that thought, Kyle. You hang on, and folks, I'll be right back with more with Frank Silvato, UndergroundUSA.com. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back right after this short break. This is Frank Silvato from Underground USA, and you're listening to the Captain's America Third Watch with Matt Bruce. Heard by over 2 million people coast to coast and around the world every night. Captain, let's do it. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, 
offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. And here's Heather with the weather. Well, it's beautiful out there, sunny and 75, almost a little chilly in the shade. Now, let's get a read on the inside of your car. It is hot. You've only been parked a short time and it's already 99 degrees in there. Let's not leave children in the back seat while running errands. It only takes a few minutes for their body temperatures to rise. And that could be fatal. Cars get hot fast and can be deadly. Never leave a child in a car. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. All right, back to Kyle Warren. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Captain. Back to Frank Savato. Good morning, Frank. Mr. Captain. Take it away, Kyle. Well, thank you, Captain, and good morning again, Frank. And uh, just real briefly, can you kind of expand a little bit on the situation as we can tell as best we can uh, going on in Russia right now? And I I appreciate that you said that, well, there's a lot that we don't know only because we can't trust a lot of the information that's coming out. But there seems to be a couple of different things here. Number one, somehow Pergozin has either been exiled to Belarus He's fallen out of favor. He may not have much time left on planet Earth because he went against Putin. And the other side is, well, maybe he's going to bide his time in Belarus and still, you know, be in charge of uh, the the what is the Wagner Group essentially. What do you think is 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 going on there? Well, it, it's hard to say definitively, but we can theorize. Um, the fact that his forces pulled back from the front lines and went with him means he's very well protected. So if that is the case, he's got some time left on this earth because even the the Russia's most elite forces don't fight the way Chechen fighters do. And because this is a group of mercenaries, they're the worst of the worst when it comes to that. I mean, worse than equating to potent. So if he's surrounded by his mercenary group, they're not there. They won't be able to touch him. That would have to be something that their security, their intelligence and security services would have to do. And that would be a suicide mission, but that's what the intelligence and security services for Russia do. And this is mostly a battle when you when you look at it internally between uh, Russia's military senior general and the leader of the Wagner group. They just don't like each other. They really don't. Uh, the, the leader of the Wagner group had some very colorful language to, to to say about him over the weekend, starting on starting last Thursday, and he hasn't pulled it back. It's not like he's going to apologize either. Uh, this is somebody with a Russian attitude and and a Chechen determination. So, if in fact he's surrounded by his guys, he's fine. And this was a a compromise pullback. So, what does that tell us? It, it tells us that either something is going very, very well over in Ukraine for, for the Russian military, or it's something very, very bad. And one of the reports that the Wagner Group leaders said over the weekend was that the senior military strategists of the Russians are just sending their people in to be slaughtered by artillery. 
they just send wave after wave in like they have like a never ending source of people to throw onto the front lines and then it was a stupid strategy. If in fact that's true, then Russia is not doing very well over in Ukraine and Putin's military is rather weak, which is why we keep hearing Putin talking about the use of nuclear weapons. Now, as Matt was saying off the, off the air over the break, if in fact Belarus has received nuclear capability and the Wagner Group and all of the mercenaries under the leader's command have moved to Belarus, they could very well be being trained on the use of tactical nuclear weapons. And if that's the case, now we have to consider the fidelity of the mercenary group to its leadership. Because mercenaries are mercenaries. They, they, get, you know, they get paid to do this. And if rumors are true that they're not, they haven't been getting paid, this may have been, well, okay, we, we'll get you your pay, but we want to give you a more important job to placate their egos. If they're not getting paid, nuclear capability could be given to the highest bidder. And that's not good at all, because there are a few wealthy nation states in the Middle East and a few uh, Islamo-fascist sympathetic groups to the Chechens that would do a lot to get their hands on nuclear capability. So, you know, this has now spun into an additional sphere if, in fact, there's no fidelity to leadership in the Wagner group. And they are mercenaries. They're soldiers of fortune. They get paid mm -hmm. to fight. Very interesting indeed. Yeah, very chilling, I might add as well. Very chilling what you're talking about. Well, sort of switching gears here to uh, U.S. politics. You know, Frank, there's a new poll out that shows about 74% of the people think that the United States is on the wrong track. So that is very interesting for what would be the upcoming election here in a little while if these poll numbers hold. But Nancy Pelosi in the middle of all this thinks that there's a one particular issue that's going to be the winning issue, I guess despite people thinking everything's on the wrong track, and that's abortion. Uh, do you think that the, the Democrats are going to be able to use that similarly to how they used it in the midterms? Well, first, you have to wonder about the, the, the mental stability of the 26% that think our country is moving in the right direction. That's just, <laughs> that's just stunning. It hasn't been this bad since, I'm going to say, the 1930s. So we really have to question the intellectual stability of people who think the mood, that 26%. Now, Nancy Pelosi, she's shopping a lie. If you read her social media post, she's saying that, that it, her and Hillary Clinton both, they're tag team in this. They're saying that abortion has been banned by the Supreme Court. That's, it's a flat-out, <laughs> unmitigated lie. All the Supreme Court said was that the federal government shouldn't be involved in that decision. They never should have heard the case in the first place because the case didn't have standing. It's a state's rights issue. So what it did was it freed up the states to be able to handle the issue of abortion the way they want to and the way the people of those states want to. It's more representative of the people in those states. So California, you take a look at the abortion laws in California, today's abortion laws in California, Illinois, and New York. They're some of the most liberal 
and, and extreme laws on the books. As a matter of fact, there's some talks in California, if I'm not mistaken, about abortion right up to the moment of birth. That's just ghoulish as far as I'm concerned. But then you have, you know, laws that are representative of the states that are more restrictive. It's more about the makeup of the people who live in those states. It's better representative government, no matter what you think about the issue. It gives the states the freedom to to have laws that better fit their populations. And, and the fact that the rest of the country should be taking a knee to California, to Illinois, and to New York on matters like this, forcing more conservative locations to to accept more liberal policies as mandated by those states, that's that's ridiculous. That's not protecting the rights of the minority at all. And in some states, like Texas and Florida, it's not a minority. It's a majority. Frank, can you stick around for another segment? You bet. Okay, because we've got plenty more to talk about, and we're coming up on the break here right now. So I'm going to drop you over here on the whole line. But, uh, folks, uh, there's plenty to talk about. And we haven't even hardly gotten into the politicking yet, which we're going to, because all kinds of statements were made over the weekend about impeaching this person and that person. More information's come out about Hunter. I mean, good God. We now know that there was quite a gun collection that was gotten rid of out of a storage area. Not just a pistol or two, but a gun collection. We'll be back with more on the Captain's America Third Watch. Don't go anywhere. Coming right back, Frank Silvato, and more coming your way. This is the Captain's America Third Watch. Ticketmaster's parent company is going woke. They want you to forget about the ridiculous service and convenience fees they charge that nearly double ticket prices. Ticketmaster got caught hacking their competitor to keep customers from getting lower prices. And parent company CEO Michael Rapino laid off workers in droves while raking in millions. It's why Ticketmaster is one of the most hated companies in America. Michael Rapino, Ticketmaster, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Who helped cause soaring gas prices? BlackRock. Who contributed to outrageous housing prices? BlackRock. BlackRock and Larry Fink spent years harassing oil and gas companies, making them divest from fossil fuels. Now you feel the pain. And BlackRock-owned companies are snatching up houses, crippling families. Now BlackRock's former ESG czar, Brian Deese, is Biden's economic advisor, crushing America from within. That's what BlackRock is really about. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. Okay, back to Kyle Warren. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Captain. Back to to, Kyle. Back to Frank Salvato, undergradusa.com. And uh, another fine job. Tell us about your website real quick. You want to hear it? I won't say raw. But it's we're very matter of fact, and then and, and we don't beat around the bush. UndergroundUSA.com. Okay, Kyle, you had a question. So, Frank, with the um, gun charge that came along with the tax charges and so forth that Hunter Biden is pleading uh, to, um, we understand that there might have been more guns involved here. Um, and also, why aren't they just throwing the book at him rather than putting him to some diversion program? Well, that's a that's a very good question about the diversion program, and from what I understand, 
uh, yeah, the uh, the arsenal that he had was a little bit more than just a few handguns. It was it was a full blown gun collection. The question here is, with an administration that is so hell bent on hobbling the Second Amendment, and they've been absolutely transparent on their hatred of gun owners. They they want to demonize a gun owner at every step of the way. The DOJ has been charged with trying to figure out how to get more guns out of in the hands of law-abiding citizens, and and in, <laughs> less less so with criminals, evidently. But you know they're not two way friendly at all. With an administration like that, how can they allow this to happen when you've got what should have been felony charges and a and a penalty of of years in prison? And now with the knowledge coming out that that it was not just a couple handguns and a the unchecking of a box on a, on a form for firearm ownership, this was a blatant transgression of the law when it comes to firearms. If they're not going to be hypocrites about being so staunchly behind hobbling the rights of people to own firearms, they necessarily have to throw the book at Hunter, but they're not. So evidently, they're not that serious about going after gun ownership. And it's A, either rhetoric to placate the radical left base, or B, it's about controlling the the average american citizen and not the elite class or a combination of both so with with hunter biden you know and and merrick garland you know there was talk about impeachment uh impeaching him by kevin mccarthy over the weekend we'll see if that gets feet or not i don't after the budget negotiation he he delivered to us i don't hold a lot of hope for um, his spine being of steel, the two-tier system is codified in this country with, with Hunter Biden's treatment. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's a, a set of rules for the elite like Hillary Clinton and the Bidens and Nancy Pelosi and and the, even, even Mitch McConnell, seeing as how he's got donkey blood in his elephant veins. But the average person, we would have been sentenced to prison for felony gun charges if we would have been found with with what Hunter Biden had after after falsifying documents. And when he told federal investigators that he didn't do anything wrong, he lied to a federal officer. Yep. And and that's the charge that gets you five to twenty five years in prison. So it's exactly not just the right. three years for the it's not just the three years for the felony gun charge. It's the fact that if they wanted to charge him the way they'd charge a normal, regular American citizen, he'd be looking at at least eight years and maybe 28 years. You know, Frank, is this is this a way of of having Hunter plead out to to, to these charges so that they kind of go away quietly and they feel like this is no longer a problem for them in the upcoming election? Well, it'll certainly be the mantra of the Biden campaign. This has been dealt with. It's a done deal. It's over. Uh, you're trying to persecute my son. He's already paid his price. Well, I don't know if he's paid his price or not. Sitting in the corner with a, with a brand new crack pipe and just be quiet is not paying a price. He's not wearing orange and he wasn't frog marched in chains. But yes, you're absolutely right about that. It's They want to dispense with it so there's plausible deniability going into the election that 
Justice was served. This is a done deal. It's a non-story. Quit looking over there. Let's look at what Trump's doing. And that's exactly what their <laughs> game plan's going to be. No yeah. doubt. I'm willing to bet the farm on it. I think you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, it's it's exactly what they want to do in order to set that stage. And certainly they're going to be looking at Trump. And in fact, uh, we heard that the um, trial looks like it's going to be moved back here a little bit. And maybe so it puts it again right smack dab into the heart of the election season. Well, let's put it this way. If they found out that Trump once had a squirt gun, this would be all over the main page uncessantly all the way up until November of 2024. Yep. Even the, oh, he was a super soaker, but, but that means that he loves weapons and, and look, he's empowering white supremacy and, and look, he, he's a, he's a racist with a gun. I can't even begin to, to weave the tapestry of stupidity that would be coming out of the media at this point if the tables were turned. Uh, Frank, report of Israel foiling an Iranian attack in Cyprus. Now, I didn't know a lot about that, but we heard Benjamin Yahoo uh, yesterday talking about it. What was Iran planning on doing in Cyprus? The Cyprus has is, is long been a staging ground for many nefarious things throughout the Middle East, dating all the way back to when Hezbollah was very big over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they still are kind of a thing over there, although they've been a little bit more muted lately. Uh, what this signifies is that Israel is not waiting for the U.S. to, to give the nod to any operations that are happening in the Middle East anymore, because they can't trust us. They can't trust the Biden administration. Right. For eight years under Obama, they couldn't trust us. Mm-hmm. You know, so they act unilaterally now and in the best interests of the Israelis. Good for them, and, and well, they should. And we're gonna and we're gonna have to get back on board with them if we ever want to have any semblance of stability for the West throughout the Middle East. And make no mistake, you've got the same chessboard set up in Afghanistan that we had before 9-11, where the Taliban is in control and Islamofascist groups like Al-Qaeda and ISIS have training bases and the ability to move freely. Mm-hmm. We need to take that seriously because last time it cost us over 3,000 people. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not being talked about. It's not in the headlines. And if something happens in the United States again on a massive scale, this one needs to rest firmly on the shoulders of Joe Biden for what he did with his pullout in Afghanistan. Exactly. But hey, Hunter's okay. And, you know, we're not doing anything with China. And we're not really just grafting our way through our presidency to fill our pockets with enough money so that we can we can disappear off the map at the end of this thing, mm-hmm. leaving the United States with another disaster. And by the way, it's not hot in Texas either. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you on Friday, my friend. Stay low, my friend. All right. Frank Salvato, UndergroundUSA.com. Kyle, hang on. We'll be right back. Patrick Island, Sports Zone quarterback coming back we'll be back don't go nowhere if you like the podcast please subscribe leave a comment and a rating if your platform lets you and sign up for our sub stack which comes straight to you very important going into 2024 at undergroundusa.com you're listening to underground usa my name is frank salvato i'll be right back after this This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.